Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, which means I'm Ken Napsa. And it also means I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. This is one of our News and Cues episodes. The Cues stands for questions, and the News stands for news, which just makes a lot of sense. It's all in the title and the branding. <laughs> news and Cues. We are going to get to some great questions. We're going to get some uh, news and a great little uh, 
sneak peek at uh, something coming in the High Republic and uh, a lot more. But before we get to that, all we always want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's one offer we have. But Joseph, we have one more. Yes, there is another. I can't believe it took us this long to make that joke when we have this transition right in our scripts. No, there is another. The other, or another, is Insight Editions. They publish a ton of great Star Wars books. They are offering 35% off across their website with a special Force-centered code. To get your discount, you can enter that code at its FC35 or visit the website with this specific link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are recommending the book that just recently came out on May 4th, Star Wars Galactic Baking. We've been advertising this one for a while. We're going to switch it up and advertise some of the other great Insight Editions books, but I was inspired to keep this one because it just came out, Ken, and -hmm. we got a wonderful tweet on our Force Center uh, Twitter account of somebody showing some of the cookies that they made because we have been promoting this. Uh, and they got it and everything works it's amazing i just cling to things when they work (laughs) we advertise it a fan bought it they made cookies this is what everybody involves wants to happen and it all happened with the code fc35 yes it did i want to i just found that tweet brendan bozarth who who runs around twitter as the turtle taker which sounds like a great (laughs) villain said uh, his uh mom and himself uh his mom angie they baked the bantha blue butter sandwich cookies and they sent a picture, and hot damn, they look great, Joseph. They really do. They look absolutely beautiful. So if you want to make some Blue Bantha cookies, you can check out Star Wars Galactic Baking Inside Editions. The code, again, is FC35. FC35, indeed. And uh, from there, we're going to go to our, our little personal catch-up, uh, which also means we catch up with all of you listening here. Uh, Star Wars adventures, life adventures, often they intertwine because Star Wars is life. Joseph, uh, how was your week, Ben? We actually have been uh, very busy recording Bad Batch stuff, so I always feel like you and I just spend days and days with each other, <laughs> but really it's been a few days. So how are you and what's been going on in Star Wars world for you? Well, I, I sat down to decide which of my Star Wars adventures I want to share, and sometimes there it's just like, oh, I've been prepping for the podcast, and I kind of just could not believe that it has only been a week, less than a week, since the premiere of Bad Batch. Right. This is one of those weeks that feels like it has been a million years uh, in, a, in a good way. Uh, life adventure, I got my uh, second shot of the vaccine. That was great. I'm very excited, very hopeful. Uh, lots of great Star Wars feelings of looking to the future. Uh, May the 4th uh, has a wonderful day. That's when we did our Bad Batch uh, review. Uh, I have a tradition to get myself something for May the 4th. So uh, I found a nice affordable version of the Clone Wars cold weather Obi-Wan where he's got the hood Mm. basically obscuring his entire face like he doesn't want to deal with reality. (laughs) (laughs) So I was extremely happy, extremely happy to get that relatable uh, Obi-Wan action figure and add to my collection of uh, the odd Obi-Wan Kenobi action Mm. figures and the cool ones. Uh, Biggest life adventure, (laughs) not biggest in any way, but the one I wanted to share was uh, that I have joined TikTok. Um, Yes. We we talked about this, uh, uh, I believe we talked about this on air, uh, but I'm talking about it again uh, at the end of our our Bad Batch uh, review of Cut and Run. But anyway, uh, I believe years ago, years, and probably, yeah, anyway, years ago, uh, Jennifer had started to plug 
that she was on TikTok too. And you and I were both big grumps about it. Like, yes, <laughs> one too many. I did Tumblr. I did Peach. Remember when Peach was a thing for five minutes and you could cake people? That was dumb. And now it's gone. I was a big grump about it. And then yeah. uh, TikTok has been around. And I just decided I, I sometimes I think about ideas and I want them to be perfect. Uh, I have both in me. To, to be a real, like, let's study and let's do everything exactly, mm-hmm. you know, dot all the I's, cross all the T's. And I have it in me to be a, let's throw ourselves off the cliff, a uh, more improv-oriented person. Sure, yeah. And I wanted to try to embrace that side of myself. And, and I thought, like, ah, I, I'm not going to allow myself to, like, write a little script and make a perfect little thing. I'm just going to grab my toys and I'm do some videos about uh, my action figures and do it quickly and have fun with it. Uh, so I did that uh, on TikTok, discovered that I really like TikTok, that the actual uh, interface is, I find it really enjoyable and easy and how easy it is to uh, reshare your TikTok videos on other social media. And I did that. People liked the videos. It was great. And it felt like um, it felt like a nice moment of trying to uh, practice, well, I think, what Star Wars preaches, what, what we often uh, like about Star Wars on the podcast, Ken, of, of don't fear change, don't be stuck in the past, uh, you know, learn from the past, uh, honor the past, but try to move to the future. And as dumb as it sounds, just saying like, I'm not, I'm going to embrace uh, a new technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I say new, knowing that it's several years old, and I'm just going to do something uh, fast and fun and trust myself and have fun with it mm-hmm. felt like a, a really good uh this is this is why i value star wars i'm never gonna have uh, a lightsaber and be uh have the responsibility mm-hmm. <laughs> of you know defending the galaxy from uh evil wizards uh but those same lessons can be applied to dumb things like make a v- video on your phone mm-hmm. so that was my that was my uh star wars and life adventure that mm-hmm. is a small external thing but felt like a big internal thing to me it's it's big. I I, I know you, you had a couple up, and then this weekend I watched uh, specifically watched your Luke Skywalker Hot Wheels, uh, because I have. <laughs> I'm, as I'm speaking to you, I'm staring uh, at it uh, in package, and uh, loved what you said. And 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 as always, I knew you you were a skilled improver, and, and and but you you know your voice so well. I actually thought you did script it. Uh, <laughs> well, this is great. He's like directing it and everything, but no, it's great off the cuff because you just so know your your voice and your perspective of of the world and, and your your way to communicate comedy. So it worked really well. I was really laughed when you came to the front end of the uh, the car as if as if Vader had cut his son's car apart. Uh, it's great. And and uh, as as an as an old school Hot Wheels collector from the seventies and eighties, when I was a kid, I appreciate Hot Wheel humor too. So great stuff. Yeah, I I I, I tip my cap to you. I don't know. You know, this is, and this happens, right? I was on Friendster, MySpace. What the, what the hell is that? And MySpace, what, what the hell is Facebook? And I, I got an early, um, I w- when it was still coming out of the college Facebook kind of thing, I, w- I got an early invite and it was like, at that sat, sat dormant for three years. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of nature. And you're right. It's like, we have to overcome that nature. I don't want to, I don't want to sit in a box and not change, you know? It's yeah. important. It, whether it's clothing styles, I'm not, not saying you go over the top and, you know, suddenly you and I are are, are wearing things we're 30 years uh, past where we should. But like, you know, what I mean, like it, 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 it says something about you to kind of go, all right, I must look around and see where I can f- continue to fit into this world. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, it's not always a commitment to do it forever, you know, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if I, if I keep doing it. Uh, but right now it's fun and that's what matters. Yeah. And is it just your name? Just at Joseph Scrimshaw? Just at Joseph Scrimshaw. Yep. Uh, thankfully, no one has taken my name. <laughs> that's great, Brandy. Well, you and Jennifer can pave the way for uh, Star Wars on TikTok for us here. <laughs> and I know you had some uh, some good adventures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I went to Moss Eisley to do comedy. Um, actually, more I went to Canto Bite to do comedy. Uh, yeah, no, this past week, I uh, uh, returned to live comedy inside a club, uh, pretty safely. I'll say pretty safely. You can, you, you, it's hard to tell. You never know. Um, but uh, a capacity crowd it was cut 50%, but I was down at the comedy store in La Jolla, uh, featuring for Mark Ellis, our, our buddy, friend of the show, Mark Ellis, and uh, had a great time down there. I had some ups and downs with comedy, but had a, a kind of a breakthrough and some stuff. And, and um, La Jolla is a, it's a beach uh, crowd. It's uh, generally affluent and uh, they, you know, uh, can be a little raucous and, and, and whatnot. And, and stand up comedy, especially the club scene can, can be that the crowds are, you know, they want to, let's talk about some sex and get dirty. Right. And, and, and other things. And, 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 and that's, I'm not afraid to go there, but not always my style. So I struggled to find my voice, but was interesting. It was very interesting. Joseph, uh, Joseph is a, Joseph is a great name. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I had some great sets. I'd love, and Saturday night was some of the best sets of my life. And and I just, one of them was a little bit of a, just a change in style, a breakthrough. And, and that's a little bit too, of just being able to, um, to continue to learn and not to get philosophical and, and but pulling in Star Wars or just always, you know, analyzing where you are and what you're attached to and where your fears come from and how fear maybe doesn't lead to hate and anger and suffering on stand up stages, but it sometimes does for me. <laughs> and, and, and overcoming those kind of fears. I'm not going to say overcoming fear is the destiny of a comic, but it, maybe it is. Um, but I, I just, it's a, I, you know, like you've been doing this uh, comedy in some form or another for, for 20 plus years. And, and it's interesting to see what's changed. I used to do some um, Star Wars, quote, nerd based comedy at the groundlings, a sketch and everything, and uh, wouldn't get them in shows. And uh, no one gets it. I'd be, ah, no one wants, I'd hear, no one wants that. It's fun, it's you, but no one wants it. No one's going to get it. No one's going to understand the reference. It's and fun, it's you, but nobody wants it. Is, nobody wants is it. a hurtful thing to hear. Yeah. And over the years, uh, look, there's always going to be a little bit of a fun divide. I'll even occasionally poke fun of, you know, I'm a Star Wars nerd. And and and, and that's, that's, that's there. But it is, in general, I'm not saying it's perfect. This is general. The, the stigma's a little different now. It's viewed a little different. And mm-hmm. even in San Diego, even at La Jolla, which is, is, is um, you have military personnel and you can maybe think, uh, you can generalize and stereotype that, oh, they don't like Star Wars and everything like that. And maybe that's something I grew up with, right? It's not the case anymore. And if some of my other jokes maybe are struggling, some of my own personal rev- revelation type of humor or um, things where I'm trying to kind of get thoughts across and maybe lessons across eh, some hit, some don't, but the star Wars stuff, which used to get silence from a stand-up stage now gets more applause and more people come up to me after, Oh, look at this. I got a, I got a, I got a Mandalorian tattoo. Oh my gosh. My dog's named Chewbacca. And both Mark <laughs> and I have been experienced that. And Mark has a lot of stand-up humor, uh, star Wars humor in his stand-up. And I, it just was interesting to look back and say how it's changed. You know, nothing's ever perfect in fandoms and all that kind of stuff, but just Star Wars influencing so many generations and, and it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's your accountant. It's your, it's your lawyer. Even there was lawyers there laughing at this stuff. Uh, it is, uh, it is the big, strong stereotypical guy you think would never want nerd stuff. He's got, look at this. I got a, I got an R2D2 tattoo. 
And I just love that. I love experiencing that. I love seeing that change. And uh, that was one thing I took away from my stand-up weekend in uh, Canto Bight of the Sea, La Jolla. Yes, yes. I think that is a, a great thing to reflect on, that even at the height of Star Wars popularity, there was still, back in the original trilogy run, there was still a little bit of like, yeah, it was a good movie, and and the kids love it with their action figures, but, you know, why do you remember the princess's planet is named Alderaan? Like, <laughs> that is the environment that uh, that we uh, we grew up in. So it is yeah. amazing and beautiful to see it have uh, fully transformed. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 a lesson back at me again. Like, you know, you you couldn't you can just you just you could look at a person and think, oh, there's no way they're gonna love Star Wars, and that that's on me. It's uh, it's on me. It's it's truly universal. So, lot. Yeah. A lot of fun. And thanks to anyone who's listening who was out in La Jolla. It was a great time. It was a great time. So uh, with our Star Wars adventures on the table, we're going to get to some Star Wars news. Uh, one of the quieter weeks uh, that comes and goes. Uh, we here at Force Center try to avoid digging into some of the uh, set picks, uh, leaked picks, and all that kind of stuff. It's not that we're, uh, <laughs> you know, against those things. Uh Occasionally I'll click. I, I met occasionally I'll be like, ah, I'm curious. And if it's just an outfit or something, maybe that won't, uh, I don't feel it's not for spoilers for me, but just like, I just, I just really am excited to go into these things. Um, uh, not blind as possible, but just, uh, open to what's presented to me. That's one of our four, four center themes. Right. So, uh, but anyways, uh, Joseph, yeah. I you just dressed it. Yeah. There's a lot of those pictures that keep going around for Andor, Kenobi and otherwise, and, and we're just, uh, that's not our news. And I have not looked at any of them. Yes, I do not want uh, set picks for myself. I want to wait and see them in the show or when Lucasfilm's like, here you go. Uh, I appreciate everybody who does want to see them, but uh, no unsolicited set picks for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, let these creators create and then uh, we'll, we'll see what's finished. But it's it's fun to speculate. It creates excitement and it does for me as well. Uh, but we do want to talk about something that is common. Uh, that is uh, something we were we're excited about we've been talking about the high republic we, we love what's going on there we love what they're building and uh we've got the book uh, rising storm it's on the way from kevin scott kind of a direct sequel to the charles soul light of the jedi but everything in the high republic builds upon itself as well as tells its own story starwars.com released a little excerpt of this uh book joseph that focused on elzar man uh, the jedi we first met in light of the jedi and uh visions he's dealing with the visions he got in that book he's uh looking for questions he's also got some uh drama uh brewing for lack of a better term with his uh, fellow jedi uh, avar chris who is uh recently promoted but also they have a, a strong connection that maybe tests the bounds and the rules of the Jedi Order. All that at play in this excellent little piece, Joseph. What are your thoughts on here as we look at the what we read and what are the themes there? Yeah, I absolutely love this excerpt. Uh, not even remotely surprised because I love uh, the Jedi stuff. I love mm -hmm. uh, Elzar Mann, the introduction uh, to him in Light of the Jedi. Uh, I really like Kevin Scott's writing. Mm -hmm. um, and this was like everything that I was hoping for and more. Um, uh, one of the things that I just responded to right away is, you know, reading something from High Republic that feels uh, really forward moving. Uh, in terms of the big picture story, um, mm -hmm. I've enjoyed everything I've read High Republic, but Light of the Jedi, you know, if you kind of read them in, in that release order like we did, kicks everything off. And then you get to meet all these other characters as they're reacting to these big events. And here's this next um, adult book that feels like it's moving the big picture story forward. And that was mm -hmm. just great uh, to read 
that of there's that great cliffhanger spoilers yeah. of Elzar man having a vision that he's talking about in this excerpt. So it's great to get back to that and, and that sense of forward movement in the big story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first thing that I responded to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, just kind of theme wise, I, I was really intrigued by, yeah, Elzar man is wrestling with uh, this great bullet point list of things that we know Jedi wrestle with, but it still feels fresh, right? He's got this yeah. uh, connection to uh, Ivar Chris that they established that some Jedi Padawan think like, yeah, you can fool around a little bit when you're a Padawan, but then when you mm-hmm. become a knight and especially a master, new no, and no. Uh, this great image of, of Elzar having this terrible uh, vision, then drinking a little bit too much, then trying to dance too close to Avar. It's yes. just, it's so beautiful. It's so humanizing. So we've got like the, the attachment issue. Then we know that he's having horrific visions to the point of making him bleed and he's trying to understand them and it's dangling that great Jedi question that uh, the films have wrestled with, books have wrestled with really well of how do you respond to visions? Do you assume they're true and attempt to control them out of fear or are they symbolic? Do you find a way to try to accept them, accept the amount that you can change them? Mm-hmm. You know, do you embrace them with reasonable concern for a warning or with fear and control? Yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. What, what I love about Elzar man is, is uh, him uh, jumped out in light of the Jedi. was just like, he, he's kind of a little bit outside the box, but not in some of the areas we've kind of super familiar with. Qui-Gon was out of the box. Qu- Quinlan Voss outside the box. Uh, Dooku, you might consider at one point. <laughs> outside Way the out of the box. Way yeah. out of the box. Sifo Dyas and that kind of, that circle of uh, Jedi on the edge. Um, uh, Exar, uh, Elzar Man, excuse me, Exar, Exar Kuhn, right? We're going to Legends, right? Uh, Elzar, Elzar Man, um, I love that he is this, he is like about solutions and trying new things and trying to get there and that, that, seeking and, and his ability to find solutions is just running up against a, a wall and a wall might be his growing fear of these visions. And the, just the answer's not really emerging. There was that line of where were the answers he'd been promised? Where was the understanding and how uh, that just a very human struggle. <laughs> I yeah. Think, I think I experienced it this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, 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 and this makes the Jedi in this era, just like you said, it just, even with the, the getting a little too drinky and too close to Avar, just like, uh, like, man, just real. It just jumped off the page as real to me. Yeah. And I love that he was uh, set up, as you're talking about, in Light of the Jedi. Of He wanted to be a Jedi master because the masters aren't sent on assignments as much as knights. And they have a bunch of elbow room to explore philosophy of the Force. And that he's really interested in how can you look for novel situations within the Force? Or are there ways to use the Force or to understand the Force? And that it is such a great idea. Like, I just got what I wanted. I've become a master, and now I can explore. And then the Force goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a thing to deal with. Um, and that, that was one of the big themes that made me kind of uh, wonder about where things are going. Uh, his, his vision yeah. is clearly you know, on some practical level, it's got to be a little bit about the, the Drenjir and the Nile. It's practical, right? Yeah. But there's also this part of me of, I wonder if part of the story is going to be the Jedi are at such great power. The Starlight Beacon is this great idea of the light, right? It's mm-hmm. about reaching out. It's about connection. It's about hope. Is part of his vision just the dark side mm-hmm. rising to meet the light? Yeah. 
right, which makes sense for this era. And I, I don't even think it needs to completely practically connect to the fall of the Jedi. There's uh, there's some overtones in that in these visions. But I like what you're saying. It, it's um, I go back to I believe it was Papa Hidalgo talking about the design of the Starlight Beacon. I'm just like, yeah, that it represents kind of many things to those, depending on maybe your 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 you know your status in the galaxy. Yeah, speaking of hope or throwing it all in our face. <laughs> and I think that started to emerge with even what's going on with the Starlight Beacon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also really like just uh, stylistically, Star Wars always pulls in lots of different influences. Uh, there is an influence to me with the the Drenjir of the uh, of horror of the Lovecraftian. We talked about it a lot when we um, reviewed uh, the the book that introduced them, but. Um, this passage, uh, even going so far as attempting to decipher the mysteries of the Gagarin Codex, the ancient grimoire whose text had confounded linguists for thousands of years, uh, is somebody who has read most of H.P. Lovecraft. That's just some straight up Lovecraft stuff. That is absolute uh, cosmic horror, uh, mm-hmm. Necronomicon, evil book stuff. Uh, that is just I really love to see that pulp influence really brought to the surface in Star Wars. That's yeah, that's uh, taking a deep dive into that. That's fantastic for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I and I think if this is going to be at least partially Elzar Man is one of the main characters of this book about being plagued by actual threats mm-hmm. that his vision is warning him about, but also just this huge wave of dark side fear trying to bring him down. That's a great it's a great way in place to explore horror in Star Wars. Oh, indeed, indeed. Uh, and then a little fun canon connections. He He's going to Ashla, Moon of Tython. Uh, Tython, of course, we just recently saw Mandalorian. It's been around in uh, other uh, materials uh, in as important uh, place, uh, location of the Force and the Jedi and Star Wars, but Ashla, the connection to uh, uh, one of Lucas's original terms, right, for uh, Force-related stuff, if my memory serves. Um, so just love having fun playing around with that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, Ashla is not uh, not casual at this point. So I, yeah. I looked it up because I was like, I have 800 memories of what Ashla means. But right. currently in canon, Ashla is the name of the Tragruta youngling that we see in Attack of the Clones. Uh, right, right. Ashla is the name that Ahsoka goes by uh, at, at times when she's hiding during the Imperial reign. Uh, the Lasat uh, people uh, refer to the Force as... Ashla. Uh, the yeah. Bendu refers to the light side of the force as Ashla. Uh, so there's just like a lot of Ashla going on, <laughs> uh, which makes me feel like, is that just a fun thing or are we going to get to see even more? Yeah, maybe some bigger answers, bigger answers. Love this clip. Love uh, love the writing. It just flowed. Kevin Scott's great. Charles so was wonderful. And everyone who's doing the, the writing for uh, High Republic has just been hitting uh, home runs as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I think uh, generally it's why they're well, so well received. So this is a, this is going to be an exciting one, Joseph. Any final thoughts on uh, the forthcoming The Rising Storm? No, I'm just I'm really uh, I'm really excited by it. I love that it uh, sets up uh, a story about Elzar Man, the haunted marshal Marshal of Vallo. Very excited for that. Dancing a little too close. Uh, this comes <laughs> out. Uh, the Rising Storm comes out June 29th. So we're getting ready for the next big section of the High Republic. And yep, you better believe we'll be taking a look at it a little bit closer and a little bit deeper here on Force Center. Uh, other story that we're going to cover today. I I, I Wanted to go into the rumor mill a little bit, Joseph, if you don't mind. We'll dive on in. Like I said, we try to avoid some of that stuff, too. We just want to wait to actual information. But this one got me thinking. And a lot of of times the rumor-based news 
will get me thinking and that's fun. I mean, it's probably not fun to other people around my life when I start thinking, but it, it is, <laughs> it's, uh, it's fun as a Star Wars fan. The speculation is part of what we do. And a uh, game reactor reported uh, that EA and respawn are still working on Star Wars games, specifically fallen order Two. Now that's not a huge surprise. We've kind of been expecting this at some point, but you know, with the recent, uh, the licensings and a lot of, there's some, at times some, you know, uh, dissatisfaction with EA from certain uh, fan groups uh, uh, and Star Wars included. Um, this looks like it's a rumored sequel, possibly set for 2023. Of course, no real details, but we know the cast of characters. We kind of know where we left off. Um, I guess if anyone didn't finish that game, we'll get into some potential spoilers here. But I, I wanted to ask Joseph, uh, what, what do, you, what at this point do we want out of a possible sequel? Uh, considering things like timeline, more Jedi, something we did uh, dis- uh, discuss in more detail on a, on a Force Center episode a while ago of uh, uh, the last of the Jedi includes many other Jedi at the time, uh, <laughs> and just the bigger canon connections as we as Fallen Order races towards other events like uh, events of Rogue One or New Hope and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I think in order to share my thoughts, I do have to share a spoiler for the video game. So if you don't want a spoiler for the video game, just uh, fast forward a a minute uh, and you'll be great. Um, But I really love that the end of the story of Jedi Fallen Order was this decision of we can't go get a bunch of children and make and train them and make the choice for them uh, to be Jedi. They need to, you know, grow and learn and, and decide themselves. And instead, we will fight the Empire by just helping wherever the will of the Force tells us to. Right. That's a fascinating place uh, for it to launch from, story-wise, for me. Of I, I It probably won't be this, because I think they'll probably want a, like, a grander campaign. Uh, but I would honestly love it if, if the larger story was constructed out of they just sense that, that somebody on this planet needs help. <laughs> you know, if it was like just some sort of micro campaigns of mm-hmm. what do Jedi in this era do when they're not feeling like we're not joining any nascent rebellion. Mm-hmm. We're just helping whoever we come across. That I, There's a part of me that just kind of wants to play that. Um, I think maybe it's because... Uh, that's a part of Legend of Zelda games that I've loved in the past of mm. you're always part, uh, you know, playing a part of the big adventure. But often it's just like you're walking down the road and, you know, some rock creatures like, please, my child's in the well. Or, you know, I can't reach that food on that hot tile shelf. Will you help me? Like, and there's it's so gratifying to play a video game where like your motivation isn't, you know, you slaughter a lot of things because it's a video game. But your motivation is just like, could I help that person? Mm-hmm. And then you do. And yep. then you get rewarded, and it's so great, and it feels good, and I would love that. It, it yeah, it, it's for me. It's Red Dead Redemption. You're on you're on your main story. You're a grizzled uh, outlaw trying to make good, and then a little uh, white little indicator starts popping up on your map, and you're like, "That has nothing to do with the main story I'm on. Do I go help that person?" And if, yeah, yeah. Now make a video game, a Star Wars video game of just going to help that person, and that's the main thing. I, I think I'm on board for what you're pitching, man. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen because as I hear myself talking, I realize I am pitching. What if the side quests were the quest? And I think a lot of gamers are probably uh, canceling any subscription they have to four centers. They didn't say that. Uh, But but I just I think philosophically that would be interesting. I think there's every possibility that they will run into nascent uh, Mm. small rebel cells and and get involved in how, how much are we willing to fight with the empire and in all that thing or or maybe if it is set a you know a couple of years later mm-hmm. there is somebody force sensitive who is calling out who wants to be trained and they can mm-hmm. follow up on that specific thread 
Yeah, yeah, and this all leads to them showing up in Mando season three, and Cal Kestis is there. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, and 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 uh, the idea because the Saw Gerrera stuff is some of my favorite in that game. And obviously, I'm, I'm a fan of Saw Gerrera, and so uh, him popping up in Fallen Order and just you're seeing where Saw's at in his life and what the choices he makes and how people around him think about those choices, uh, both good and bad. I enjoy that, so I could see working with parts of the rebellion storyline from that aspect of, of, of these characters, maybe meeting them, but also the big themes, the themes of, uh, you know, uh, redemption and trauma and trauma recovery and all those kind of things that were at play in fallen order. They're going to find obviously some good theme. I, I trust them and that's going to drive it forward. But I, and so we don't get hung up on plot details all the time here for center. But yeah, I just, I, I can't help but think about that kind of stuff. That's the kind of stuff I was thinking about. It's like, how close do I, I at this point really want it to get. And I'll say this, like I, I, you know, I, I'll trust them as far as they want to go, but it's like, you know, if they, I, I, I Joseph, I almost don't want more corners for these characters to be around. I re- do want them on another planet. I do want them somewhere else. And I do want them experiencing their own stories. And I don't feel at this point, I'm going to be too worried if uh, Mon Mothma doesn't show up. Yeah, no, it, it, that is the the wrestling with, like, how much do you want the stories to connect? It's always gratifying and fun if they do. Like, I'd be happy if they interacted with Saw again. Like, yeah. I'm sure if they interacted with Ahsoka or Rex or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever the Bad Batch is at that point, like, yeah, of course that would be thrilling. Yeah. But uh, encounters that would be cool to me because they'd be different because we haven't explored as much as, you know, uh, maybe a young Lor Santeca. Um yeah. If they're interested in forced things or uh, meeting young Sheridan Bays, uh, you yeah. know, on, on Jeddah would be uh, interesting uh, places to go um, because it, it could also be a story of we're going to preserve, you know, what exists of the of the Jedi. You know, it could be a, that would be a fun quest of like just <laughs> going through the galaxy, squirreling things away. Yeah. Or they end up uh, being whisked away to somewhere magical by the Purgle and uh now we have a big old just a potluck of characters off the map. <laughs> do you want to talk about death? Uh, I do. Um, I do. <laughs> do death? Because I know that's what we both think of. Uh, we yeah. talk about all these other things, and we care about them, and they're interesting. But I know you and I both have in our hearts death when we think of Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I'm okay with. I'm okay with some. Uh, I'm okay with some death. I'll just say that. I. I I've. I've. I do like the characters of Fallen Order. The, the game itself, I've talked about some of the gameplay and the consistent, uh, almost needless slaughter of the animals, <laughs> the beasts, you and I, uh, we <laughs> talked about last week. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Cal's a good character. The story was there. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be satisfied with a good death because there's a couple of video games I played, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil my name, but it's like a character dies and it's powerful and it's poignant. And, and I think they could do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where I'm coming from. It has nothing to do with not loving both Cal Kestis and Sarah Junda. Um, I do think that uh, I don't want, you know, too many uh, Jedi running around uh, around different times. And I know people love Cal and, you know, really wanted him to yeah. even show up in The Mandalorian. And if that's what the storytelling, if the storytelling makes sense to do that, uh, that's great. I love the character. Uh, but I think... There's something fascinating to me about this is an opportunity to tell a really deep story in a in a video game setting because a lot of wonderful Star Wars stories that we tell um, are there. There's so much great going on, but uh, the characters can't die because you're going to pop up later. Right. 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 And right now we're in this place where they're they're a Jedi in a time where uh, Jedi are hunted. 
that there's the opportunity to tell some really interesting stories about them not making it as far as the the galactic civil war yeah. um and in particular there's been so much great storytelling lately with uh, ahsoka and season seven of clone wars and and a little bit of what the characters were talking about in the first video game of we don't not every battle needs to be a grand battle mm-hmm. we are meant to help people and that would be a really fun and interesting thing to to me to to have the emotion of playing through uh, a noble Jedi sacrificing themselves not for a huge galactic cause, but just for a small thing to save five people in a village because mm. that's who the Jedi are. I, that would be really powerful, and I think there's an opportunity with these characters. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's very true. Like that, it's it's all it's all this. It's all kind of one, and and one saved life is not less valuable than a million saved lives. I guess you know from the Force's perspective, maybe just getting into that kind of stuff. I, I could get that. Yeah, from the Jedi philosophy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, if I honestly had to guess, I think that there's a desire to make this a trilogy because that's Star Wars tradition. Mm-hmm. I think uh, poor Sarah Junda will not make it through the second game, and I think uh, poor Cal will not make it through the third game. There you go. Hard, fast predictions right here. <laughs> and I'll predict that there will be some kind of giant creature that will torment you no matter how many times you just press X. You're just not going to win right away. <laughs> That's right. We're going to be attacked by big, angry bats again. <laughs> again and again and again. We'll update you if we hear more on this and, of course, if anything becomes official. That's kind of it for the big news that we're going to cover right now. A lot of cool things out there, little things, and, again, those set pictures and a lot of other things are out there. So search for Star Wars news with caution. If uh, you're like us, you just kind of want to get the official stuff. So that's a look at Star Wars news. Before we take a quick break, as we always do, uh, we're going to recommend an audio book we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what do we have? Uh, this week we have Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston. This one was on my mind because we're all enjoying this moment in the Bad Batch. And it's really fun to look back at that Ahsoka novel uh, that is kind of going on at the same time. And, uh, and seeing what Ahsoka's journey is like compared to the, the Bad Batch. Check it out by downloading your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. All right, let's take a break. On the other side, your questions here on Force Center. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. Welcome back to Force Center, the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the katana of our line of luxury barges. We are here to look at your questions. Uh, Joseph, what do we have? Got two questions from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we're going to dive into Twitter first. Jay from Nowhere says, I can't remember a time when I didn't know who Yoda was. Do you recall your initial viewing of Empire? Did you clock the little green annoyance as the sought-after Jedi Master before Luke 
did. Mm. Uh, this is a really fun uh, question, Ken. I know mm. you saw Return of the Jedi first, so yeah. I'm so curious how you process uh, your introduction to Yoda. Yeah, a weird experience. Uh, and, and I always say I saw I saw them all so a Jedi definitely first in a very clear memory of it, but I saw them all so around the same time that my brain sometimes over the years just kind of uh, mushes them all into one viewing as if I sat down and watched them all in order, you know, and I didn't. Uh, and, and Yoda stood out because I think I've told the story before, but like, like when Yoda died in, in Return of the Jedi, my, my sister about four at the time, uh, had to be taken out from the theater and she just, just kept cry screaming, Yoda, yo, Yoda, yo, my Yoda, yo. <laughs> um, so I didn't like when Yoda, yo died, but, uh, going back and, and meeting him, I, yeah, the, uh, the, the Yoda, yo's tricks didn't work on me. I knew it was him. And so, the only thing I'll say about that is, is, is it made me think about that scene maybe a little harder than I would have grown up. You know what I've just mm. back when I was ex- accepting Star Wars on on face value um, of just pew 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 and the fun stuff, and then you start digging deeper as you get older and everything. And yeah, so it was like that. What what did that mean? What was that for? Uh, and then you get the question, the fun questions of, you know, uh, you know, later on after prequels was, was R2 in on it or was R2 kind of like, dude, dude, what are you doing? Like with me. <laughs> um, and then some, I, I, and it might have been, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joseph, but it might have been like Heir to the Empire. That might have been the first time that I kind of really took in the fact that Yoda was the training that had already begun for Luke and and who you think you're seeking and everything. I, I kind of remember some of that stuff in Heir of the Empire, uh, the details escape my mind so yeah so jay great question but yeah that um it was a backwards viewing much like yoda's speak so uh, <laughs> i was able to get a different meaning out of it there but it was also it was also fun and then and then because you're so then you go back and watch return of the jedi on a vhs or a tv copy a tv view and you're like you're extra sad that yoda passed away yeah yeah oh whoa Ugh. heavy heavy stuff i do not remember uh, it's been so long since i read air to the empire i don't remember any sort of reflections on it uh from yeah. that book uh myself and for me i did see empire first but i was so young it is so dreamlike um mm-hmm. and i do remember specific things uh from then but a lot of them are, are sort of like uh detail levels at like my literal child level. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there are memories on the carpet or, uh, you know, putting uh, Bespin Luke in the, the tall window and pretending he was up high on Bespin. Uh, and I remember my brother really, I, I must have been confused because I remember my brother being like, that's not the Death Star. They're not on the Death Star when Luke <laughs> and Vader fight. That's Cloud City. So I must have, I don't remember confusing it, but I must have. What uh, I have vivid, vivid memories of finding my Yoda action figure, playing with my Yoda action figure, um, the one that is sitting right on this computer. I'm looking at it as we record. Um, What I remember most about that moment is I loved Yoda and it was a lot because of that opening scene where he was the little green annoyance. Um, Mm. And, you know, I, I would not have uh, been able in any way, shape or form to verbalize this at the time. But looking back, I think what was going on was I, I loved seeing someone who was weird and playful and like the the big, tall, important people didn't think was important, but was actually like really wise. And I think it really connected to me deeply as a, a, a weird little kid mm-hmm, <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. My feelings matter. My perspective matters. Maybe I know something you don't know. There's that thing when you're a kid, when you try to express yourself, but adults kind of can sometimes not understand mm-hmm. uh, what you're saying or or be um, 
just kind of judgmental or dismissive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I glommed onto Yoda from Empire because he made me laugh because he's weird and playful. But then he was also really wise. And knowing that Luke, who I also loved, initially didn't respect that, <laughs> yeah. I think just on a deep level, it made me feel like, yeah, don't judge me. I might be like Yoda. You don't know. You don't know. Don't judge me. You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll hit you with my cane when I meet you, but I might have some really important things to say. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, one thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll say this too. This is a great. Uh, and I know, I know what you mean when you're like dreamlike, just like, you know, when you see a movie early, you're so young and you just, I think I remember, I think I remember seeing Annie sing. <laughs> it's a hard knock life. Uh, my first movie in the theater. Um, with this one, Jay, though, I'll tell you what, when I did finally see Empire, and, you know, it's a, with a year, if, with months really after seeing Return of the Jedi, I I was young enough and I'm, I'm a skittish kid and probably skittish adult still. Uh, Yoda scared me too when the, the you know, I'm not afraid. You will be, you will be. That, that oh, yeah. chilled me. I could still kind of go back to that spot in my heart and my mind when I see Yoda do that. It's a, it's a great moment. Um, but as a, as, as a kid, it was like, what's he talking about? Yeah. Yeah, the you will be was always scary. I think all, another thing that makes it dreamlike uh, for me is, you know, I was able to see the movie uh, in on my birthday in August, and then we went and back and saw it again on my brother's birthday in November. But in between, I collected those trading cards, and I had mm-hmm. the storybook, um, and I think there was a lot of processing the story that happened away from the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's sometimes why it feels kind of dreamlike is like, did I think that when I saw the movie or did I think that while I was trying to find a trading card, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, I mean, yeah, this is a great cover. You know, I, I, I know we've mentioned this before, but me me and my, my friend Joel who still lives, he lives down here. We moved to LA together 22 years ago. We're both convinced X wings and Y wings hit that shield in the second death star in the instant trap <laughs> moment we're conv- like no 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 i swear x-wings just s- exploded and, and and i brought that up before but it's like it, it it's it took years for me to go i guess i didn't see that yeah it, it's a big thing I, I will not uh do a long diversion but uh my wife and i watched uh all of deep space nine which i had seen the first several seasons of and then didn't see the last two seasons and it was always my favorite star trek even not seeing the whole thing it's like i'm gonna rewatch this so my wife and i watched all of it and I was like, I can't wait to get to this episode where this actor, Richard Beamer, who I love from uh, Twin Peaks, is in it. And there's this there's this great scene where he is um, he's uh, drinking water from a river and everybody thinks he's a hero. But it turns out he just got a lucky shot at somebody who surprised him. Right. And I'm like, I can't wait to see that scene. So we're watching the episode and that scene does not happen. The character simply relates the scene. And I created the image in my mind. And this was not when I was, you know, in, incredibly young years old. This, yeah. I saw that, you know, when I was capable of forming memories. But that was just a great reminder to me of our memories are dreamlike. Yeah. That I remembered a scene that is in the show, but it's described by the character. But I remembered it as though I physically saw it. So here's how the big connection, Joseph. Jay from nowhere, you, you inspired a great conversation. Uh, as all of our questions from our listeners do. But, uh, Joseph, what you're describing is Leia going, oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes. 
Absolutely. Yes, I saw Richard Beamer through the force, just like <laughs> Leia saw Padme. No, that's a really great point. It's a really, really great point. Great question, Jay. Uh, one of the great twists in all of Star Wars, that uh, little green annoyance is the Jedi Master. We're going to move on to our question from Alejo. Alejo says, in honor of the Skywalker biography that will be released soon, this question is a little bit uh, older, uh, the uh, biography has been released and we'll be discussing it this week. Anyway, uh, Alejo says, in honor of the Skywalker biography, what other Star Wars character deserves an in-depth biography? Uh, who do you got, Ken? Who else do you want to see their entire life broken down in one volume? Yeah, so this is interesting because uh, I uh, I got the notes yesterday, but I was traveling. I got home late from uh, doing comedy, and, and so I pulled these up this morning over coffee, and I read this question. I went, oh, simple, Dooku. And I was like, well, wait a minute. We used to answer that, and then we got that <laughs> to a certain degree. Uh, part of it yeah not the whole it. thing a chapter yeah yeah it's there in a way but uh so in terms of this style and yeah uh, uh we're looking forward to dive into this book i i would love to see the rebellion mm. i mean if if it's if, if it's if it's one character to uh, alejo's question i will say mon mothma um the mother of the rebellion that's your book mm. um but also tracing uh, the story and the formation and, and the themes and everything. And just in the big moments um, of, of the rebellion, the rise of the rebellion, quite literally uh, bail Organa, the early meetings, Padme, where it comes out of that um, uh, you know, all the way up to the rogue one stuff to Mothma's great speech and, and rebels and just putting it all together. We see the story and people are probably, ah, we see the story. Yeah. But that's also the, we see the Skywalker saga. And then Kristen Baver has this book of just kind of putting it all together in one place and diving in. Um, uh, I, I, I could see that that might work for me, but then if I have to, if that, have to answer one, I think Mon Mothma is a very important character that, um, Gets her due at times, but other times is, uh, you know, just walking in the background in the Clone Wars. <laughs> a lot of walking in the background in Clone Wars. Yeah. No, I think that's a great choice and such a great example of why I think the power of books like this is Mon Mothma's speech in Rebels where she, you know, leaves mm-hmm. uh, the Senate and kind of declares a, a version of the, the beginning of yeah. the, the true rebellion, right? Um mm-hmm we can look at that as fans of like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. That's really cool. It's really important. It's an episode of Rebels. When you write a biography, that like that's one of the big moments. That's like yeah. one of the defining moments of Mothma's life. And when you write these biographies, you can kind of take away some, I think, of the real world uh, sort of how we stack things of like, yeah, it, it, that, that's, that's a cool moment, but it's in Rebels. You know, it's not in Return of the Jedi, you know? Right. Uh, and it strips away all that and it's just about the event. And like, that's one of the events of Mon Mothma's mm-hmm. life, right? It absolutely, it absolutely is. And look, I love, uh, love a good biography of a, of a political leader, uh, you know, a historical figure, a real, you know, life or historical figure, like warts and all. I love, you know, I love... Um, Reading a lot about the old West, all the truth and all the realities and all the all the fictions in it in there. So Mothma, you know, fits into that for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went on a similar path as you. I'm still really interested in Dooku because his life touches so many events. Everything from being uh, Yoda's Padawan to his uh, fall to the dark side to being a, a part of the the separatist cause. And yeah, uh, Dooku, um, the 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 Jedi Jedi lost. Uh, audiobook and script that you can get now script book great great and does tell a big chunk of that so maybe not as much of an imperative as it used to be that used to be our go-to answer for all of these things as you say ken yeah uh 
the other uh, person that I go to is uh, is Obi-Wan. I, I do think that there's a lot of value. I don't think there's going to be anything like this for a while uh, until the dust settles of, uh, of the Kenobi television show. Uh, but I think there's a lot of value in stringing together his entire life experience. I also just tend to answer Obi-Wan for almost everything of <laughs> who yeah. would you like to have a drink with? What's your favorite color? Uh, Obi-Wan. You know, like it's, you know, uh, I, I maybe <laughs> uh, want to be cautious of being too uh, Obi-Wan obsessed because I do love the character. So what I came to, Ken, is the dark mirror of your answer. Mm. Uh, I want the uh, prison house tell-all of Masamita. <laughs> This is like, it's just like the, I don't want to get too real world, but it's like John Bolton's got a book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now you do. Uh, okay. I yeah. sold. This is a genius idea. This is I, great. I think it would be really fascinating. It it sounds like a joke, but like Masamita is one of those characters oh, who just like pops yeah. up again and again in canon. He's the one who signs the official uh, surrender document, right? The treaty that the empire is over right uh and and i can't remember what other details are in that book but i imagine (laughs) that the republic is like and welcome to a very very uh, comfortable inhumane prison but you're going to prison uh he has been at palpatine's side he you know when Mm -hmm. and even before he has in my imagination ushered in the initial just junk that made the democracy of the Republic not work. Right. Right. He's the one, you know, Valorum's going to do the right thing and, and send a, uh, and, and help Naboo. Mm-hmm. And Masamita is the one who turns and whispers in his ear, right. Yeah. About why well, you can't do yeah. that. So even before he was, uh, Palpatine's, uh, right hand Chagrian, mm-hmm. uh, he was whispering in people's ears and it, it would be a really fun thing because I, I, I love the Skywalker biography. It's great. Uh, but I would also like things that are written explicitly from a point of view. Yeah. And if this was Masamita's after he'd signed uh, the surrender document and was like, look, I did some not great things. Now all can be told. I did kind of know some he was a dark wizard okay i did know that a little bit but here's the thing <laughs> and just tell his try to justify yeah uh the political uh horrors and in, in the horrors of war that he took part in throughout the fall of the republic and the empire yeah the, you know what's so funny this ties to some of the the jokes uh that are sometimes funny and especially back in the day 2015 range where, you know, Star Wars stories, standalone movies, and people would make the gonk droid uh, jokes. And, and you help, uh, I remember you contributed some to Screen Junkies, right? Yeah, back in the day. Uh, I did, including a gonk droid joke. Yeah, gonk droid. And I think we're, but my point is, we're all there for those kind of jokes. We, we get it. But then it, it started to turn into an eye roll, right? Oh, what are they going to do? And, you know, one about the Rancor. I, I, I still go back to the beginning. I, yes. Yes, give me Patisse's story. Give me the gunk drug story. Because I'm a Star Wars fan. We we spend time doing this by ourselves. We spend spend time on podcasts doing. It. I would love Lucasfilm to do more of this stuff, one off hour. Give me an hour, kind of not parody, but satire at times, but very real to the Star Wars story of Masamita and explaining Masamita explains all. Is <laughs> is it's not just funny. It could be really insightful to this big story that we spend so much time investing in. I I, I love your idea. 
Well, let's call some people. I'm calling people right now. <laughs> Excellent. We'll call people. I'm just going to open uh, yeah. the window and I'm going to start yelling. Masa Mita biography. <laughs> Turns out I don't. Anyone Autobiography. I, anyone I used to know at Lucasfilm to uh, stop talking to me after Jedi Council. All right. <laughs> uh, the great question, Alejo. And I think if the Skywalker biography is uh, is successful, which I'm sure it will be incredibly successful, I hope to get some more fun and flavorful things like this. Yes. Moving on to our questions from our patrons on Patreon. First question is from John Z, and it's a it's a really nice and a really fun question, but it's a little bit of a housekeeping question uh, for the podcast itself, and I thought that would be fun uh, to include, Ken. John Z says, what happened to Star Wars counseling? I love that show. Joseph does such a great job. Thank you very much. Very kind, John. Uh, it looks like the last episode was in January 2020. I imagine that the reason why it has been on hiatus is due to a lack of time, but I love to see it revived. Look forward to the day when we'll all be saying somehow the counseling has returned. (laughs) (laughs) It's very nice. Uh, Yeah, for people who are uh, perhaps newer to Force Center, uh, I used to do a show called Star Wars Counseling where uh, I would collect grievances, uh, things that people either were bothered by in Star Wars or questioned or or wanted to try to look at from a different way and try to look at them from lots of different points of view and, and try to go toward the light and make people feel better about the parts of Star Wars that bothered them. Um, sometimes, uh, I would do it as a convention panel. Um, every once in a while I'd kind of do it as a, as a group episode, but most of the time, uh, is, uh, John is saying, I took just a tremendous amount of time on them. I, I did a lot of research. Sometimes I would even out, uh, uh, script out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 20 pages. <laughs> I basically was writing, um, college thesis papers on, you know, right. uh, why isn't there more glass on Tatooine? Which was like one of the one of the really fun, weird ones. Uh, it's made of sand. Why isn't everything made of glass? Uh, there's a ton of sand. Where's the glass? Uh, so they get fun ones like that, and then really deep, heartfelt ones. Um, mm-hmm. You know about Padme's role and, and things like that. Um, and I really took it seriously, and I really wanted to do my due diligence. Um, Mm-hmm. and it took a lot of time uh and, and i had got to the point where like i just i i can't take uh as much time as it was taking but i would really love to find uh, a way to to get back to it at some point um so ken i wanted to open up open this up to you mm-hmm. about our slate does change a lot yeah um uh, and I, uh, from my perspective, I, I think it's really that you and I both want to do as much Star Wars talking as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. And the question is how to balance that uh, with all of the other things in our in our life and to make sure that the Star Wars talking we do is is good quality Star Wars talking. W- what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it's really fun. We're six years into this and and what this has remained out of uh, out of. Um, uh, all the things have changed in my career and, and, and that's good and bad things. Same with you, Joseph, of opportunities, missed opportunities, things that pop up. <laughs> Just trying to survive in this town here, surviving the big city, some crazy kids chasing their dreams. Force Center has remained and is something that I even look towards, uh, you know, I look forward to more each week. It, it's it's uh, my favorite time uh, to sit down and that's not against anything else I do, but it's just like, I feel uh, we, we, we've, continue to take the show uh in, in ways that just make me really proud and and that's sometimes hard for trust me hard for a comic to be proud in any <laughs> um but yeah changes and and sometimes you know uh spotlight star wars is has always been designed to be an off-the-cuff monologue from me to you a star wars fan and there's sometimes i just felt like man i just dropped just a 
load of crap of a podcast on the fans and I don't, and I need to take more time with it or, or have more energy for it. And so we don't want, and, 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 you know, maybe it's, it's probably never as bad as we think. And so, you know, I know the effort you put into Star Wars counseling. So sometimes we figure, we feel we need to adjust and, and we can get locked into, you know, well, you and I released a Star Wars ranked on a Thursday last week because we we're doing two bad batch. And, and I remember there was a moment where I was like, well, we can't do that. Star Wars ranked is Sunday. And I was like, well, to who? <laughs> to who? Uh, the, the, the Force Center su- supporters and, and faithful over the years and new ones alike are, are very supportive. And and we also know you all can't. We, we do four episodes a week in general and you all can't listen. And, and, and habits change. That was the other thing, too, Joseph, is habits change during the, 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 the height of the lockdown where people weren't driving to work as much. And they still might not be. We, we'll see how that goes and so podcast numbers across the board went down or changed um so forcer wants to stay with that um you know and say i i put out a, a show called the data pit one episode it was going to be a lot more scripted shorter it was designed to be short more behind the scenes and i was really proud of it it was a different style it's a music plan underneath everything and i realized pretty fast much like you stores counseling this took more preparation than i could give at the time so that idea that concept's not done um, I just couldn't give the best product. So that's part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I think a couple of things, uh, that you're making me think about Ken is one, I just really appreciate our, our audience has always been really, really understanding about uh, change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and flexibility. Like we've always had some version of this show, the news and cues. Um, right. we split off the kind of deep dive, uh, so we could dive even deeper uh, into a separate show. But news and cues, th- this kind of thing is always going to be the the staple, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've shifted and changed and done lots of different things for lots of different reasons. And sometimes we're like, hey, here's a new show. Ooh, mm-hmm. Then uh, we're not going to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Or here's a show that we're taking a break from, like uh, like Databank Brawl, because it's just it's it's really hard to do the uh, improv, mm-hmm. uh, literally talking over one another um, yeah. on online so he's like well and until we can record again in person and put that one plus so i just really wanted to thank uh, our listeners for just always being there with us with the the mm-hmm. flexibility mm-hmm. um and then the other thing that really occurs to me is uh in all of our great exploration of star wars ken i've come to really really appreciate that one of the dualities of star wars that i love is what I'll call the absurd and the profound. Mm-hmm. You know, that Star Wars can be everything from, oh, I, I, I love uh, Lulilo Primat because he's an upside down frog who's a lounge singer in a vat. It's so great. It's so weird. It's so fun. All the way to like the most profound, mm-hmm. like when you're talking about Rey and what she means to people and what her choices mean to people and what her identity means to people, mm-hmm. that's extremely serious extremely real stuff to people and i think our shows i i think in general you and i have been and and certainly jennifer have said if we're talking about the absurd if we're talking about our favorite action figures yeah let's have fun and bat it out Mm -hmm. but if we're talking about the profound let's really take a moment and take a beat and take people's feelings into considerations and i think that's the real difference to me of uh Sometimes we can just bounce out the absurd, but I always want to take time when I'm talking about the profound. Yes, yes. And, and it's not just a matter of uh, detailed, copious notes, but it's just, it's organizing thoughts and, and, and really taking uh, care and at times caution uh, with what we say and how we say it and, and, and uh, fostering that atmosphere. And I, I, I definitely 
uh, definitely just uh, love doing that for our fans, with our with our fans, not for fans, but with our fans there too. And and uh, I think you're right. The absurd and the profound profound is definitely Star Wars. It's definitely Star Wars. It's a tattoo. It's a toy. It's the, your way of life. It is a silly thing you get to laugh at and with and 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 share with people. Um, and the final thing, Joseph, I guess we, we, we let's not we never forget, and we don't want you to forget Jennifer Landa. Uh, no. who is, uh, you know, very much a part of this family and very much her, her, her presence is, is both missed and felt here and mm-hmm. doing some great stuff and, and, uh, follow her on TikTok. We run those ads in the middle of the show for, for, for reasons. We, we want you to still, uh, know of Jennifer. Maybe if you're new, there's might be people who started listening last year. Like I've heard of this Jennifer Lenda. That it, um, <laughs> so Jennifer's great. And, and now a, now a mother of two, which was uh, part of the original reason she needed to take some time off. Um, and also there was, you know, get to where she had moved a little farther away from our recording location. Uh, Cause LA works that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, a map. That's 10 minutes. That's uh, took me four and a half hours to get to San Diego on Friday. Um, so it's just kind of a reality of the situation, but she's still part of the, uh, of the, of, of the family and part of the team. And uh, we encourage you to include her in tweets or uh, those kind of things. If, if it's appropriate uh, in celebrating force center with us. And as always, um, uh, uh, not only it's not just that it's on the table for her to come back. It, it, it's uh, it might never be to the degree that she was on regularly with us doing now four shows a week, just the reality of, it. but um, we, we absolutely uh, still are in communication with her all the time. And we know, we know that question comes up too. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Ken. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there you go. John Z. There you go. Good housekeeping. We're six years in seven seasons of podcasting, which is always weird that Apple makes you do that sometimes and it messes all around, but <laughs> it's all there. Uh, we're still going strong. And thankfully, I mean, that Kenobi series, we're going to just, we're going to do 12 shows a week now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot. <laughs> Uh, we'll move on to our final question uh, from Simon Huffnagel, which brings us, I would think, into the the beautifully absurd uh, yeah. side of Star Wars. Uh, Simon says, we've all quickly fallen in love with Geode, and rightfully so. One day, a funny thought occurred to me. Since we don't know his age or how long-lived his species can be, it's entirely possible that Geode lived well beyond the High Republic era. He could have been present for any number of major events, and we just didn't know to look for him. Mm. So for some fun headcanon, my question is this. What rock wall or rock formation in any Star Wars movie was secretly geode in disguise? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking he might have been the big rock Obi-Wan sits on after saving Luke from the Tusken Raiders in A New Hope. How rude of old Ben. Thanks, as always, for taking my questions. Thanks for sending them in, Simon. Uh, for anybody who's not caught up on the High Republic, you can probably figure it out from this question. Geodes, a big, sentient rock. And that's all you need to know to enjoy this question. Ken... <laughs> which rocks in Star Wars do you think are secretly geode? Yeah, well, it's so funny because uh, that's probably more accurate to what geode uh, is described with a rock for Obi-Wan to sit on. Because I, I initially had a thought of uh, he's kind of like a rock wall and uh, he he just kind of is there watching uh, Jan Dodana and Leia during, on Yavin 4 during the, the Death Star battle. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm going to go a little bit more with Simons. And I think you don't really get a clear shot, but the, the landscape has uh, it's sandy, but also rocky. And I'm going to uh, Pasana and the Aki Aki Festival of the Ancestors. And I think he was getting down. Just oh, dancing, yeah. Celebrating, smiling. People and everyone in the, that, that uh, community was like, Geode, you're back. And he's like, yeah, I was there 42 years ago. I wouldn't miss this one. But he really doesn't say it. He just kind of like, yeah. 
He loves colorful kites and delectable yeah. sweets. Yeah. yeah, of course he'd be there. Why mm. not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the two rocks came to mind. One is very close to Simon's. Uh, it is there was that extra rock added in front of R2 uh, at w- in one of Lucas's changes to A New Hope, one of the <laughs> most special editions. And it was one that at the time, I remember, really annoyed many, many fans that I talked to, older, grumpy fans. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. oh, that's the change that makes uh, A New Hope perfect now is that there's extra rock that R2's hiding behind. <laughs> yeah. Since it was added, that would be great. Like, yeah, no, it's Geode. He, he slid in there. I, I actually am going to tell you something. I accept that his head cannon now. That's great because it, you know, I, I you know, I get, I, you know, I say, all right, there's an extra rock, but yeah, you know, R2 was just kind of sitting out there in the open. So it does make sense to me. Uh, but I never, I was like, how does he get in and out? Well, now that Geode moves, Geode's like, I got you, I got you, man. I got you. Geode has his back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other one that jumped to my mind is I would love it if uh, Geode was there on Tython, just really enjoying watching Boba Fett. <laughs> Kick the bleep out of the stormtroopers. <laughs> He's just there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're on fire today, Joseph. Those are two great jokes. That's, that's hilarious. That is a great question. Some great rocks. I'm gonna I'm gonna waste a lot of time today. Speaking of, you know, trying to balance everything. I'm gonna end up uh, just staring at the wall thinking about what other rocks could geode be. Yeah, now I want to go over to uh Rocky Peak off the 118 freeway, Tython. Uh and uh <laughs> and I want to go take a picture and be like celebrity sighting, found Geo. <laughs> You should absolutely do. If you can, you set up a little uh, step and repeat uh, (laughs) behind you and give Gio a big hug. Excellent. Those are our questions. Lots of great ones uh, from Jay from Nowhere, Alejo, John Z, and Simon Huffnagel. Thank you so much. Thank you all. And uh, if you want to find us or communicate with us out in the real world, uh, you can do so on Twitter at Force Center Pod. You're also find our Facebook page, Force Center Podcast, or Instagram, YouTube as well. I got a little busy last week, so I didn't simulcast or rebroadcast an episode on YouTube channel. I apologize, people. We'll get some, probably put some bad batches on YouTube there. Uh, Podcasts available several spots, including Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Amazon Music as well. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center, and patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. Uh, we uh, also um, uh, can be found on our own things there at Cadnapsock or my website is cadnapsock.com. And uh, we always like to highlight uh, charities of choice or, or things that we're interested in. I am uh, going to start focusing on one here over the GPA, which is where I do a lot of fun uh, work over there with Josh and, and Mark Riley. Uh, we're going to be working with Battle Buddies, which is a, a great uh, charity for dogs for veterans uh who uh, uh come on back to uh, uh uh you know regular life quote unquote and those kind of things and and uh doing great work so you can hear more from uh me on that one there but uh check it out uh right now if you want battle buddies excellent excellent uh you can follow me on twitter and instagram and now tiktok as uh, at joseph scrimshaw uh, this morning i just posted a new tiktok about rats tyrell <laughs> we'll see how popular that one is uh so you can follow me there you can check out my website uh, josephscrimshaw.com for all my other comedy adventures uh comedy albums my other podcast obsessed all that kind of stuff and uh, i want to continue to highlight a great service called vote forward uh it is a site where it 
It helps organize so you can uh, write personalized letters encouraging people to use their power to vote. Uh, they have uh, campaigns popping up all the time for uh, special elections, local elections, as well as gearing up eventually to the big midterm election. So if that's something that you might be interested in, you can check out their website at votefwd.org. Check it out. Check it out. And I, and, and tbbf.org is the battle buddy foundation. I was scrambling to try to find the website. <laughs> so there you go. So, uh, support those two things if you want, or just, uh, seek, uh, seek places out there in the galaxy to plug into and, uh, do what the Jedi do and help others in need there. So, uh, that is it for this week. Thanks for your questions. So for geode, who's out there having fun somewhere, we'll see y'all next time here on force. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, 
Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.